What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. It's great to be with you guys today. I hope you had an amazing weekend. Certainly, it was a very, very full weekend here in the world of pro wrestling. Certainly, thinking about Wakanda Forever and NWA. and Yeah, there's a whole lot that went on. And so, we'll be talking about quite a few of these things. First and foremost, though, as always, a big thank you to all of you who join us on the socials at The Faction Show, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We really, really appreciate your support. And shouts to all of you who have joined us by way of podcast. If you are subscribed, thank you so much. If it's your first time, welcome aboard. If you were just passing through, hey, I hope you'll stick around because I think we're a podcast that has a lot of fun information. So if you're not subscribed, of course, you can hit that subscribe button on Google, Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is that you're listening to us. And make sure you're sharing us with about 30 of your friends. Yeah, put us on your timeline. I promise you we've got some things that you're going to enjoy. All right, so let's hop into quite a bit of news that has come out of this weekend. First and foremost... Let's talk about what's happening in the NWA. We're going to kind of work backwards here. So the NWA had a big pay-per-view this weekend. Again, the month of November filled with pay-per-view slash premium live event. It began at the top of the month with a big event called Crown Jewel from Saudi Arabia for WWE. This weekend, we saw the NWA with Hard Times 3. This coming weekend will be Full Gear from AEW. And then the last weekend of the month will be the Survivor Series war games but today we're talking about the nwa's hard times three so before we get into what happened saturday night from new orleans we have to talk about the other piece of business which caused the nwa to be in the news all week long it started with nick aldis going public with the fact that he had indeed given his notice to the nwa He'd be finishing out the year and then he'd be done with the NWA. The comments that he made were initially supposed to be on his private Instagram or his subscription-based Instagram followers. Instead, it went to all of them. The NWA took offense to it and then suspended him indefinitely. Now, where that's slightly problematic is that he was actually scheduled to be a part of the Hard Times 3 pay-per-view this weekend. That did not happen because he was suspended. So we'll talk more about Nick Aldis and what Nick Aldis brings to the table and a recent interview that he did that told us why he left the NWA. But first, let's talk about NWA Hard Times 3. Now that we know for a fact that indeed Nick Aldis would not be there, the question is who would be and what would be happening at Hard Times 3. So NWA Hard Times 3 took place again this Saturday in New Orleans, Louisiana. And here's the rundown of the results from that particular card. Max the Impaler defeated Natalia Markova in a Voodoo Queen casket match. The MLW Openweight Championship was on the line as Davey Richards defeated Colby Carino. In a battle of question marks, question mark two defeated question mark one and question mark one would be revealed to be Rodney Mack. Carrie Morton, the son of Ricky Morton, defeated Homicide to become the new NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. From there, Odinson was actually scheduled to fight Nick Aldis, but of course, Nick Aldis was suspended. So Thrill Billy Silas defeats 
Odinson. Then from there, in a match for the NWA U.S. Tag Team Championships, the Fixers defeated the Spectaculars. Scion defeated Dak Draper to retain the NWA National Heavyweight Championship. Pretty Empowered defeated Maddie Renkowski and Miss Cade for the NWA Women's World Tag Team Championship. EC3 battled Tom Latimer, and EC3 would win that match by disqualification. La Rebellion retained the NWA World Tag Team titles by defeating Hawks Airy. Camille defeated Kylan King and Chelsea Green in a triple threat match to retain the NWA Women's World Championship. And then in the main event, Tyrus defeats Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona to become the new NWA World Champion. So, all of this becomes very interesting in light of a few things. On one end, it's very interesting in light of a recent interview that Billy Corgan did when he was asked about why we have not seen Empower 2. And one of the things that he said was that there are not enough women in independent wrestling who, in his words, are, quote, TV ready. Then he followed that up with, there are not enough women who are able to wrestle the, quote, NWA style. Now, I got to tell you, that's all I heard in my head as I watched Tyrus become the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Tyrus, you know, the same Tyrus that was the Funkasaurus, the same Tyrus that was Brodus Clay in WWE, that Tyrus is now the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So this also kind of feeds into what Nick Aldis was talking about. So Nick Aldis went on to the Sam Roberts podcast to talk about why he made the decision to leave the NWA. Now, let me just say this. I'm going to give you some of the cliff notes from this interview. I did watch the entire nearly hour and a half of this interview. It was a great interview. You learn a lot about Nick Aldis. You learn a lot about why he chose to leave the NWA and what indeed giving his notice really meant. So him giving his notice was not really him breaking his contract as he had actually signed a year-long contract at the top of this year, which would be up at the end of this year and as part of that contract he had to give 60 days notice if he did not renew that's what he did on november the 2nd and of course the news of that got out so he's well within his rights to be able to give that there are no real issues when it comes to that he talked about his reasons for wanting to leave the nwa and basically one of the things that he said was that the nwa does not look like what it did when he signed on meaning that what the NWA's presentation was, and, and a lot of us remember when we were really getting into NWA power in its inception, kind of that throwback feel. It was great in-ring action, kind of minimalistic in its presentation relative to production and the like, but it still worked. And he talks in that interview how he ultimately convinced Harley Race, who didn't want anything to do with the NWA, to now come out on camera and endorse the NWA. So for Nick Aldis, he feels like what the NWA has turned into, things like social distancing matches, and you could even argue Tyrus becoming the world champion, 
Is that something that Harley Race would be proud of? Nick Aldis feels like Harley Race wouldn't be proud of it. Nick Aldis isn't proud of the product. Nick Aldis feels like the changes that have been made over the last year have caused the people in terms of the fans to leave in droves. The numbers support that. And I got to admit, as much as I used to watch NWA Power, I don't even watch NWA Power nearly as much as I used to. So it's a very interesting thing happening in the NWA. Nick Aldis, his last day is December the 31st. That leads to a lot of questions in terms of where Nick Aldis shows up in 2023. It seems to me like the writings on the wall where Nick Aldis could end up being the one place he really hasn't been. I mean, technically, he hasn't been in the AEW either, but it seems like WWE is the spot. I would just go ahead and suggest for a great, great interview, go ahead and check out Sam Roberts' podcast. It's called the Not Sam Podcast. It's available on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts. Check out that interview. It's an amazing interview that he does with Nick Aldis. All right, what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other things that happened this weekend, including some interesting things on SmackDown and more. All of that's coming up when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a new you will always be the SH. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the Batching.
All right, we've talked quite a bit about the NWA on the first half of today's show. Today, we're going to be talking about SmackDown. This past episode of SmackDown this past Friday night was interesting for a few reasons. At the end of it, it seems as though we may be taking a look at what the men's war games match could consist of. It seems as though it will consist of the bloodline taking on an interesting array of characters. That seems to include the brawling brutes and Drew McIntyre, who will be the fifth man to presumably join that squad, I think only time will tell. Part of me wonders if it might be Kevin Owens, which could make things very interesting, because I've got to imagine on the bloodlines end, you'd see Sami Zayn. On the women's side, of course, we know it's damage control, taking on Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and two others who may be folks we've not seen in about six months. But we'll see how that all plays out. So as we are on the road to war games, perhaps Friday night was one of the most important episodes of SmackDown because it kicked off with the battle for the tag team championships. The Usos, who at that time were at 481 days as tag team champions, would defend against the New Day, who hold the record for the longest reign in WWE history at 483 days. Now, I've been on a couple of podcasts in this last week, and I've talked about my reasoning for why I believe the New Day could have and perhaps should have walked out as tag team champions. To me, here's what made sense. What made sense in that whole equation is you get some sort of, again, ripple that happens between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn that ultimately costs the Usos the tag team titles. It preserves the reign of the New Day, gets them in an important spot for a bit. Again, you could have the Bloodline win the title back on Raw, on SmackDown, and start all over again, but they don't get that 483-day reign. Well, coming into SmackDown, there were a couple of things that kind of refuted my theory. One of them is that Sami Zayn was not there because he was dealing with a personal issue. He'll be back next week. So that kind of threw a bit of a wrench in the plans for what I thought would happen. We knew it was going to be a banger of a match, and it absolutely was. And at the end result, the Usos retain the championship, and actually today, as we are talking, it is day 483 of the reign of the Usos, which means tomorrow they will officially have the record as the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions in history. So congratulations are in order to the Usos. I'm really kind of sad to see that record go away from the New Day, but if there's anybody that's going to take it, it should be their longest standing rivals, the Usos. Congratulations to them. Side note, in addition to what we're doing here on The Faction, I'm also part of an amazing show that happens live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's called WWT Live. It is with the great folks over at Women's Wrestling Talk. TK Trinidad has assembled an amazing list of wrestling journalists and podcasters who bring to you live in the moment great news that's happening. My guy, Ron L. Tinsley, who's a, an avid supporter of us here at The Faction, he joins us in the chat and other 
others do as well. I want to invite you to join us there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. One of the features that we have on there is a feature called Vintage Wrestling Facts, where we talk about what has happened in history on that particular day. We debuted it last Wednesday, and that is where we spent some time talking about all things connected to the 25-year anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, so we had that. You can go ahead and check that out. But long story short, it was a pretty amazing night, obviously November the 9th, 1997. But let me throw something else at you that you may not have considered. Things were really interesting back then, including the name of the pay-per-view. It was called Gang Rules. I don't think they could ever pull that off here in 2022. So there's that. The other thing that gets grossly overlooked in that particular pay-per-view is that Stone Cold Steve Austin regained the Intercontinental Championship that night in Canada against Owen Hart. It was a four-minute match. And it was the final reign of Stone Cold Steve Austin as Intercontinental Champion. He only had two IC title reigns, and it was his comeback match after winning the title at SummerSlam that year, but having his neck broken by Owen Hart. Very, very interesting things. Of course, all of that seemed to have been trumped by historically what happened there at the Montreal Screwjob. But yeah. Check us out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on YouTube and on Twitch. Just look for WW Talk Pod. You can check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay, so with that said, a couple of other things that I wanted to dig into. One of the things that's happening in WWE is they have announced their fall 2022 rookie class for the Performance Center. There are 15 athletes involved in this class, which range from track and field to pro football, volleyball players, and college division one gymnasts. So this is super interesting. On top of that, with this particular group in the Performance Center, they are all brand new to the world of pro wrestling. None of them have any wrestling experience. They are all from college or other sports. So that is very, very interesting. Now. Obviously, this class was put together before WWE made its decision to once again start looking at independent wrestling. So with that being said, obviously some opportunities are opening up for other folks in indie wrestling. I'm intrigued to see what that will look like. Speaking of opportunities, one of the things that was very interesting to me this past Wednesday night on Dynamite, which I thought Dynamite was another great show, is that it's becoming clearer and clearer where AEW stands relative to this media scrum that happened. So we've pretty much seen every other character connected to the media scrum back on AEW with the exception of Ace Steel, who was fired, and CM Punk. Well, CM Punk this week actually showed up at an MMA event, doing commentary, no less, on camera. So it seems to me, and it would stand to make sense, that CM Punk and AEW have made their move. It certainly seems that if CM Punk is on camera somewhere other than AEW, that he's probably not heading back to AEW. Is he heading back to a wrestling ring anytime soon? Who knows? Is there interest in him heading to a pro wrestling ring anytime soon? I also don't know. 
super interesting. But all of this makes up the year that is 2022. We've got about six weeks left in the year. And so, you know, once we get to December, we're going to once again be talking about the biggest stories of 2022. And we've had some newsworthy years over these last few years, certainly here in the faction's existence. I don't know if there's been a more newsworthy year than 2022. 22. And I can't wait for us to dig into that. Make sure you're following us right now on Instagram because that is the space where we're going to give you the opportunity in our stories to vote for what you believe is the biggest story of 2022. It might seem like it's obvious, but maybe it's not. So we'll talk more about that in time. Make sure you're continuing to follow us. We've got more great content that's coming your way. And again, I invite you to check us out WWT Live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central on Twitch and on YouTube. Also this week, we'll have some more news about Battle Slam. Battle Slam Thriller is going to be hitting Fight TV very soon. And another Battle Slam event is coming later this month. All of that information is coming as well. So with that said, until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I lead my 